Hey, you're listening to Samcast with me, Sam Eagle. Here you'll hear the stories, methods and thoughts of some of my favourite musicians from all across the musical spectrum. Today's guest is challenging literally everything that it means to be in a band. His band and collective Mirrorshot are easily one of the most innovative and unique bands around through their use of VR and technology. Roman Rapak brings us the mind-bending story behind Mirrorshot, a completely eye-opening discussion on the music and gaming industry and how technology is changing our lives and music. This is a seriously special episode and I'm super excited for you to hear it. First though, I'd just like to say, if you're not already, please do subscribe to Samcast as we have new episodes out every Tuesday. But now, here's my conversation with the brilliant Roman Rapak. So Roman, thank you so much for coming on Samcast and speaking with me today. It's it's so great to talk to you, man, because, uh, you know, I've, I've been a, a real fan of your stuff right back to like, breton and then i i love the new mirror shot album content oh thanks man and uh yeah we met back in 2018 a couple of years ago mm-hmm. at a bbc introducing event just bumped into you on the staircase and yeah, we that's right yeah we got talking and that was like when mirror shot was just yeah. starting out i think wasn't it just for someone who might not know mm-hmm. what is the sort of overall concepts behind mirror shot well actually it's funny you say when we were talking about it and I was explaining it to you because in a way, I think when I look back to some of those conversations I had and people that I met, I think I was trying to explain it to myself or work out what it was right. because you just have all these disparate things, I th- especially because I'd just come out of touring with a band. We released two records with Breton and it was like I'd seen some of the most amazing things that can happen with a band and some of the most amazing experiences you can have with live music and with recorded music and stuff. And then I'd also just totally seen the, the ceiling on it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't necessarily mean in terms of levels of success or anything, but I, I felt like I was coming up against this is the most you can do with a band. Like, oh, you can become, you can sell more records or you can get more streams or you can do whatever. But in terms of what impact a band can have, it's kind of limited in a way. And I mean, it's, I don't mean it's, there's not still amazing bands doing amazing things. That's an amazing statement. I just mean that compared to what a band could do in from the like, I don't know, the 50s until maybe even up to the 90s, you could make real important contemporary statements about the world and where it's going. And then I kind of got the feeling that like bands, like as a format, as a form, become, they're so riddled in cliches and they're so like retrospective, you know, you're either looking at this era or that era or this era. And each of those eras, whether it's, you know, Britpop or punk or post-punk or industrial or house or whatever, each of them occurred at a moment in time where they were like, you know, like, house music changed everything and it was about technology and it was about the way we were interacting it was about the way people were going clubbing like the Hacienda Joy Division Stone Roses or whatever you call all that Manchester thing that could only have happened then and it really meant something and you could, every you know big era whether it's punk or whether it's like rock and roll or whether it's hip hop or whatever has these moments where it's like this convergence between technology culture a kind of a mood that we collectively enter into social changes political ch- all these things like merge together and that's what a great band is it's like you have a joy division because you have sort of thatcherite britain or those sort of what was happening in the politics at the time you have stuff going on in the economy stuff that's happening in technology whether it's synthesizers whether it's the sort of post rough trade you know explosion of indie labels and the distribution systems that was that were powerful enough to distribute these weird bands and all these like the John Peels all these things come together and you just get this perfect moment of the perfect band playing the perfect song 
which is obviously a lot of people who listen to this would be like that is the most over romantic idealistic crap like <laughs> but yeah anyway so to go back to your main point so all i knew about what we were starting was it wasn't what the eventual solution was it was what the current problem was and it was what the current climate the way i felt like things were going like i felt like just as there was nothing exciting that i felt was engaging with me happening in like in terms of like new interesting exciting things there were still great bands don't get me wrong still incredible bands but there wasn't anything that was like holy like that has made me reevaluate my life and it's made me realize who i am where i'm going but at the same time my mind was being completely blown by everything that was happening around us in technology gaming culture streaming like we are living in an absolute revolutionary moment in time every single thing that it means to be human is changing everything from like currency healthcare politics music art all of these things are changing and they've all been changed because of technology so anyway so mm. all these things are changed so where are these big statements that we can make with these tools as artists because that's the other thing it doesn't it's this isn't a conversation about oh well you know there isn't anything good and you know this is that and the other or whatever it's more about all right well this is our role like your role my role anyone who's listening is an artist or a musician or whatever here's all the landscape that's shifted here are all the new tools that, with which we can say incredible new things like things that would have been inexpressible five 10 years ago who is going to be able to put them all together and be like the Kubrick of all these tools or the you know the Mm. David Bowie of someone who can who can do and there are people doing it like don't get me wrong and they aren't only in art I think I think a lot of the big statements they're not being necessarily made by people who call themselves artists weirdly like you know Kim Kardashian in a strange way she's like captured zeitgeist and used tools and expressed whatever the fuck she's expressing but done it with these things so things like that I, I find exciting because I feel like a band will come along <laughs> and they'll use all these things in a way that no one's used them and they'll change the world and I'm, I'm not by the way saying necessarily that that's mirror shot but I'm saying that this is the this is the world that we are faced with as a band yeah and the other thing that's interesting is we were having all these conversations so you and I and all the other people in, in the band and the people in the collective about all right like VR's happening right that's a tool to express things like in the history of music there's moments where like the music video right that's a tool when that exactly the same happens right we've got bands we've got albums etc suddenly there's this distribution network of like mtv and you've got this new format and a lot of people are like oh that's you know it's, that's an abstraction of it. it's dumbing it down we used to listen to albums and now it's just this stupid three and a half minutes of you know something coming on tv but it's it's this new tool so the people that get good at using it and this probably goes back to before mtv doesn't it, it goes to like the 80s new pop let's say there were people who used that tool and used it brilliantly and new tools are like social media there are people who use it incredibly well there's other people like even some of my favorite bands who i would love i love their records you go on their social media profile and they're like well they don't know what they're doing like it's just (laughs) and and i get it as well because it's awkward like we have this sort of impasse as artists because we're doing something that's kind of it's kind of rooted in the old model you know so we have Mm. to have one foot in this thing because like it's a model i kind of in some ways i defend it because like if you've got a record deal and you've got a team that around you that can help you put your music out there and you know it's a, it's a minefield of planning of you can't you definitely can't do it on your own and even though you could in theory put it on soundcloud and it all blows up and you don't need managers <laughs> and you don't need the, ch- the chances of that happening are ridiculously small and and even though they're small whatever you do there's this thing about this the structure of labels and release schedules that actually does work especially with there are 
progressive labels you know like cooking vinyl is one of them that are good at adapting and the role of the labels change the role of the artist has changed but you know they still it still works in different ways so probably i should reel in this tangent because the question was what's mirashot about <laughs> and all i said is i'll tell you what the conversation was about before we decided to tell you what that's about but in short mirashot's about using these new tools and it's about exploring what a band can be now and exploring how we could make a relevant statement. The way we've approached mm. it is like three or four key changes that we've tried to make to the to the model of the band. And to be honest, first of all, we're still alive and the band still <laughs> exists. Second of all, we've released our record. Third of all, we've done a lot of the things I'm about to describe. So in some senses, and as an experiment that was at one point referred to by certain people as career suicide, <laughs> we look so far so good, basically. Yeah. Like, we haven't done what we've set out to do yet. But as you'll probably find out, it's the ambitions of it are possibly unrealistically huge. But anyway, so like first thing that we wanted to change was the way a band is structured, right? Why is a band always four white dudes leaning against a wall in a bio that says they all met at school and, you know, they're really into X, Y, Z and, you know, they love melodies, but they love the, 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 the heavy sound of this and the lights. You know, why is it always that? So we were like, first of all, needs to be loads of women in this band. Having experience playing in a band with just lads and touring with just lads you definitely lobotomize a part of it's just it's, it's just made you know the same i'm not being sexist towards men if you get a big group of girls together and girls will agree with me on this you get a big group of girls together and all they do is go it's it's it often descends into a hellscape and it's exactly the same with blokes but the problem is, is if you're making art that is meant to reach everyone or that you hope to reach everyone you are making just bloke art so the idea was to make it just blending the ideas, like the, mm. the subtleties and stuff of what Hinako, our synth player, brings to it, or of Miri, who does the projection mapping and the visuals, or that I would never have thought of. And it makes, I think it makes, as a whole, it makes it more powerful. So the first thing was that. The second thing was about not making it, here is the band, and there's the drummer, and there's the thing, and there's that, and we're all just going to like cling together. And why can't we make this open as a collective group? Like, first of all, in, in the near sense, why is it that the photographer who took this incredible picture for our record, this filmmaker who shot this amazing video, and the sound guy who made this, the gig sound incredible. Why is it that we go on stage, the four of us, and go, yeah, we're amazing. Check out our amazing video. Check out our amazing... It's like, we didn't do that. Like, we all did it. It is already... Or any great band is a, is a collective. But why can't we formalise that by saying, I tell you what, we've got this core group of musicians, which f changes. Like, we've done shows where there's eight of us. We've done shows when there's two of us. I'm doing something in Germany that's just going to be me on my own. And so we're like, we'll make it an open collective. So we, we say, you're in the band. These people are in the band. That's why there's loads of people in the bios and the shots, etc. And then it started to grow because there were people who were like people in Argentina who were like, hey, I've I've done this drawing and it's like really sick. And can I be in the band? And we were like, yeah, like, yeah, you can be in the band. <laughs> and then we started to get more and more people. And then we started to get people who asked us to do things for them. So we suddenly have this collective group, this like production company. And instead of being like a production company would do, which is like, you know, Nike give us 60 grand and we get a, a graphic designer for 200 a day. We get this and then we keep all the money. We're just really open. We go, look, we're getting this much money to do this. Who can do what? How much work is it? And, you know, how experienced are you? And, and then we, we just divide things as fairly as we can. That was the, that's the second part that this is different. The third part that this band is different is why are shows, gigs, exactly the fucking same as they have been since nine, well, since the beginning of time, but also rock and roll shows, music shows, DJ sets. It's interesting to ask why, because then you're like, well, what can we change? I've had this conversation pre-COVID, and I'm noticing how much more sense it makes post-COVID, right? And it's like, well, we could do a different type of show. So the first thing was like to try and build projection mapping shows, different playing with different timings of shows, you know, things that were immersive, things that were abstract. 
And then we started, we had coders who were working with us in the collective and they were like, oh, we've built this VR app because like VR was just starting to kind of become a viable mainstream consumer thing. So we would be rehearsing and then they would get this VR app that we'd built, which was inspired by the music. It's like a music video that goes along with that thing. And then someone was like, I'm just going to wear it while I listen to the band because we'd have these rehearsals in this like abandoned old boys club in Dalston. And so they started putting on this headset while we were playing this song. And then we were like, because we found a way that we could time the headset to be in time with the live music. So the thing that was weird is VR, especially then, just, you know, I should probably point this out, for a band that is like, make VR experiences, we do these VR shows, etc. I think the majority of VR is complete shit. Like it's dystopian, black mirror, bleak, nerdy, claustrophobic. It's all the bad things about tech multiplied by 100. <laughs> but I, I also think that VR is the most powerful tool that mankind has ever had. I think it's the most natural way of interacting with a machine that humans have ever created. I think it's got the potential to save the world, for everyone to get an amazing education, for doctors to train, for us to empathize with everyone, for us to experience things that we would never be able to experience. Anyway, so so we built this, this app and we're like, do you know what, this is really weirdly, like people come into our rehearsals putting on this headset experiencing this thing which is like landscapes and flying through things and then most importantly it switches because we changed it so that it isn't always that you're stuck in this headset it switches so you can see out of the headset so you're back in the room and then we started doing it so we built this network so that all the headsets were doing it together so you're having this weird collective experience being pulled out of the gig dragged back into the gig and i mean a real concert is immersive there's nothing new about the idea of art being an immersive experience so all we were doing is we were augmenting this gig you know and then we were like, well, we've got this amazing thing. And then we'd signed a record deal and we signed a publishing deal, we signed a management deal and a booking agent deal. And we were like, normally we should release the record. But we already started getting people asking us to do these shows. So we got a, the Dutch government actually gave us a, a grant to put on this, de- wow. this three-day event at the Institute of Contemporary Arts. So we all flew over with like one van full of gear and music and musicians and the other van full of headsets and tech and and we arrived in this gallery and we just like converted it into this weird sort of secret cinema adventure through this world where you would go and sit down in front of a live band, have this headset. And this is the other thing that's important is we charge like 10 quid for a ticket. You go through this thing that last 10 minutes, you sit down, you experience 10 minutes of music and then you go and chat about it afterwards and have a drink for 10 minutes. Oh, so the whole okay. experience is like 30 minutes. It's, it's, it's like it was mind blowing people's reactions. Like it was like mm. some people came out of it being like, like they'd seen god like they were like <laughs> they sound like they've just been sort of found in the desert like talking to rocks or like mm. they've just trying to describe a peyote trip at burning man or something <laughs> and what's interesting is we had all this weird group of people so this is again it felt like we were on the right track because like you know it wasn't just like the indie crowd as much as i love them dearly it wasn't just them coming to these shows they were like gamers coming to these shows and there were all sorts of like hackers and weirdos and like just like fascinating people like tech hippies people scared of technology people then yeah we released the record and we were like the launch of it for the first first time we were going to do a public showing because these were all still secret shows uh was going to be south by southwest mm. uh, we were doing we'd be the first band to play the film festival because it's basically immersive cinema the music festival because obviously we've got a, we've got we're a band with a record out and the gaming immersive festival yeah, yeah. And then just then, like literally as we were leaving the American embassy with our visa like application granted, we get the call saying, the universe has been cancelled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, It was literally like a week before, wasn't yeah, it? It was, it South it was brutal. Well, we were still, I mean, everyone knew it was probably going to get cancelled, but it was still a yeah. blow. Um, yeah. 
so anyway, so then it comes to this next chapter of our band and our story, which is, it's so funny being, I'm from like a music band, from like indie to the core, like you get in a van with broken instruments because you can't afford good ones. So yeah, so we, we're having people come up. So this is the weird thing is I'm from that world and we're suddenly in the like tech world. Like we would go to LA, Silicon Valley and be like this weird anomaly of a band that's using this technology. Whereas everyone else is like gamers, tech, Silicon Valley millionaires, like a, a weird and often quite seedy bunch of people. <laughs> and there we are, the only band in Silicon Valley wondering what the fuck we're doing there. And there's like, <laughs> people were like, well, we want to invest in this, but it's like a band. Like, we don't really know what bands are. Like, a lot of these people, they don't really know. Like, they're like, you put out music. What's that? Is that like, is that the noise in the menu that comes in before? You're like I load something up. <laughs> They're like you put out records. Like what's a what's a record? How do I click on that on Spotify? And you're like, oh, you yeah. know, it's, it's a long story. But back in the olden days, it seems ridiculous now. But anyway, so we started like, why don't we form a company? Because there's all this investment happening, and there's all this, so we formed this company called Overview Arc, which is a tech startup. And we were like, we're kind of using it as a way of saying, is even the way that bands are thinking of how they're financing, like this whole structure. Oh, you, you, you know, you you put the singles out. 40,000 tracks released on Spotify every day. You're working your fingers to the bone to put out three and a half minute MP3 and expecting that this old structure, because it's used to be that you do that and people queue up around the block and buy a piece of shellac. You'd be like, well, they're not doing that anymore. Okay, well, then it's gigs then, I guess. It's all about gigs. It's like, okay, great. Well, Live Nation are crushing the universe and now COVID is crushing them. So we're doubly fucked. And then <laughs> we're like, well, then there's these tech companies and there's people who are making games and there's people making experiences in this really solid, robust ecosystem. You know, there's Steam and there's PlayStation Network and there's the Epic Store. Like, we're artists. It doesn't matter if the platform that we're choosing is a piece of music. Like, a piece of music can exist in a game and not be the soundtrack or the background, be the central piece of it, you know, and everything else mm. there to support it. I think, by the way, I think we're a long way from all these things happening, but this is like in terms of an ecosystem that sort of thing is happening if you look at the video game industry the indie gaming industry is only about 10 years old 15 years old because they've got these networks and these structures so the idea is to is to do that so we, we've built that out and this is what brings us back to what you experienced the other day you said it was monday was it monday what was it? i wasn't know it was monday i think it i think it was monday okay was it I think it was Saturday, was mate. <laughs> but, but oh, was it? You're the host. <laughs> the uh, I think it probably was Saturday. I yeah. think you're actually because when you said, right "Oh yeah, I was, I was at your event on Monday," I was like, "Because that world, that this virtual world, you can go into, you can go into at any time." And there are people who get the dates wrong, and they're like, "Oh shit, I don't know, man. It doesn't. It just felt like nothing was really happening." And we're like, "Yeah, there <laughs> nothing was." Anyway, so to explain to your no, listeners, it was it was Saturday. Sorry, I got that right. wrong. To explain to your <laughs> listeners what what it was is that we built a virtual version of this component. There's a virtual show that people go to, so you can jump into this world while the real shows are happening somewhere. It's also being streamed to this virtual world, which if you're a if you play video games, it's like a MMORPG, or it's like imagine. Imagine Grand Theft Auto, but you, you don't have to shoot any prostitutes. It's it's <laughs> it's like a, a world we house. There's things like our friend who runs a fashion label has a shop there. But then also we premiere videos there. Uh, we premiered a new single there. Uh, Hazraf Dalul, who's in the collective, who's like this, he's a, a director in his own right. And he's working with real-time generated filmmaking, which is, I mean, that's a whole other tangent. If you if you look up what that is, that's another explosion exploding industry in the world and so we've, we started having gigs in there and because obviously like as soon as covid happened it's like oh 
oh, streaming's going to be everything. Whoever's going to stream the most is that's who's wins at music. And it's like, well, after you've watched like three or four like blokes sort of strumming and staring at you on your phone, I, I don't know about you, but when I look at them, the thing that I feel after I felt, oh, that's a good song, or oh, wow, he's talented, is, oh, God, I miss concerts. I miss yeah. human interaction. So anyway, so... So this idea was, well, why can't, like, why are we thinking about it? Like, concerts are going to have to take a different form. Because even after COVID, if there is an after time, this change that's happened in the way we stream and the people's comfort, even the way we're having this conversation, like, the way we interact with it, it's, you know, it's fundamentally changed forever. We're way more technology literate. It's way more natural, you know, to mm. do this stuff. And so I think that it's going to be a much bigger part. However, I don't think that we've learned how to do virtual concerts because also beware of how many people are saying oh there's a virtual concert i went to a virtual it's like a virtual concert isn't a streamed gig that's just watching a stream right like yeah this is a really interesting fact tomorrowland was the first ever festival to outsell its real festival that it would have had in the before time in the long long ago that would have been wow real it outsold it as a virtual concert so the whole music industry was like what they sold more tickets to an event that was just people watched on their laptops crucially they watched it on laptops and phones etc it was just basically a stream with mm. some good marketing and obviously i mean I, I i hope i don't alienate anyone but i i would i would pay not to have david getter on my phone i would probably pay about six <laughs> between six to eight pounds if you said to me <laughs> if you say to me look it's compulsory for david getter to appear on your phone I'd be like, listen, how much is it going to cost to make this all go away? However, there's a lot of people that don't, that actually feel the opposite. There's a lot of people who say, I would like David Guetta on my phone and I'm willing to even pay more. I'd be willing to pay £14.50. So, and that's what happened. <laughs> Millions of people tuned in. It was a groundbreaking milestone in this thing. Another, another useful case study in this rapidly emerging virtual concerts ecosystem is Fortnite, right? So DJ mm. Marshmallow does a gig in Fortnite. All the Fortnite gamers watch it. Okay slight semantic argument about is it a gig like how how is it a gig like to what degree was the audience interacting like this is the conversation that is evolving because at first it's like oh they played a gig how many people turn up well as soon as you're dealing with Fortnite numbers it's between a fuckload and a little bit more than that it's lots right and <laughs> yeah and and they worked out that then to then travis scott does one so you've, you're in the game a 90 meter high travis scott is rapping at you you're there with all your mates it's this like hyperspace sort of futuristic uh snow crash uh metaverse experience it changes the world everyone and what's interesting is i know loads of people who are in the music industry who are like sort of dad age people who have kids and they're like always telling their kids yeah i'm in the music industry the kid doesn't care because they're just into games right whereas the cachet mm. of being in the music industry that used to be this like big like oh dad's mm. in the music industry doesn't that kids don't care if your dad works for epic games you're like telling everyone at school right that's the deal and he's and so he, every all these dads who are like you know knowing about music keeping up to date you know suddenly their kids are like dad i got oh, there's a gig i've got to watch a gig and they're like what and here's here's <laughs> a staggering statistic right 17 times more people right attended the travis scott in Fortnite gig than attended woodstock right it was the largest gathering of people watching a single performance in the history of mankind right no yep 17 times that is insane and, and they're doing more and it's going up and there's going to be more and like as soon as you're dealing with gamer demographic the numbers go bonkers like the video game industry if you add together the film industry and the music industry it's not even as much as the gaming industry is worth 
and in terms of numbers and people like the hours as well that's the thing you're dealing with like if you listen to a mm. you know radiohead release an amazing record it changes the universe you listen to that record you're like oh, that's great you listen to it twice maybe you listen to it 30 times who knows you don't spend 900 hours in that radiohead album unless you are well probably radiohead fans probably would <laughs> but, <laughs> but you won't you know what i mean like that's we, we enjoy it's a different format you consume it in a different way yeah. whereas video games is that so so yeah so we, so we're now in this exciting shifting landscape because before covid everyone's like yeah all right virtual concerts mirror shot like sounds a bit fucking abstract a bit nerdy and then like now we're just like being approached by all these people who were like so can you do us a virtual concert and uh, so here's the important thing to look out for for all your listeners for people saying there's a virtual concert this isn't that any other because it will help i think for us to like push this forward if there's discerning criticism about what these things are right and it also mm. it's, it informs what we're trying to do because we're not there yet either. But I would appreciate it if people who come in could help us and say, oh, actually, this worked or that sucked or I had this great experience or this wouldn't work. So I think these new experiences are going to have to be based on what's great about going to a gig. Right. So if you can't if you go to one of these virtual concerts and you can't interact with someone who's there, that's not a concert. If the artist can't interact with you, like I don't care how limited that interaction is. Like, you know, if, if, if at Wembley Stadium, people shout what track they want next to Ariana Grande and she just ignores them, they're still interacting, right? The other thing is, one of the most important things about a gig is before the gig, it's the meeting up with your mates and going, we're going to this thing. Like, I've got the ticket, yeah. going to play. It's then meeting other people who are also like-minded in this really complicated kind of tribal exercise where music and culture you know, it's the complicated things are happening but the simple thing is you're on the tube oh wow like you're wearing the same t-shirt of that artist too and that yeah. means we probably get along and then it's the, like the thing after like you go to a like a bar afterwards and you're like oh my god did you see the show oh my god when they played that but anyway so i think that that's where we're aiming for so it's a world you jump into you meet other people there's a concert and we're building it out so because what we want to do is have it so that it's not just us playing like we're building mm. it out so you walk down a street and because of the way the audio works, you overhear something gradually as you walk near it. So you have that feeling that you would at South by Southwest or um, Great Escape or these you know, music discovery festivals where you're like, what the hell is that? That sounds amazing. And you walk past and there's like 30 people crammed into this little venue watching someone do their thing. So that's where we're building it out. And that's where we're speaking to like booking agents and venues and stuff. Because the important thing is to be able to not just create a little standalone ecosystem. It's to integrate this thing give opportunities to like musicians who aren't able to reach the crowds that they were going to you know like us really that weren't able to promote their record and yet there's all this new technology and all these new tools but why is it just the weekend and david getter who are allowed to use them you know why is it already mm. becoming an elitist mafia mm. so rise up <laughs> man jeez that was like that was so inspiring and exciting oh. to hear man thanks man <laughs> Well, I've, I guess all that's left is for me to plug the tits off the record and um, and tell you about when our next shows are and stuff. Of course, man. Yeah. Everyone can join our virtual concerts that we're doing. We're doing them kind of in secret. So I'm secretly announcing them on, on your public podcast. But if they go to www.mirrorshot.com and they go to our events page, you can download the Mac or PC version. And for the next one we're doing, we're doing it in a month. We've got special guests we've got actors that you may know from television involved we've got uh, a q a it's being presented by legendary la indie music dj toby talks we're going to show a new video that's never been seen before and we're going to be playing some live tracks man i am so excited and so inspired oh, by all you. this man 
it's, well, it's well done for getting really getting all, all of it together, man. I'm really enjoying the podcast. Oh, thank you, man. Well, it's been such a such a pleasure to talk to you again, man, and uh, have you on and mm-hmm. and explore this world. Yeah. Well, I'll see you in the other world then at some point. Well, next month. Well, this coming month. If, if people jump on our Instagram, it's Mirror Shot Official. We announce stuff there or on our Twitter, and that's where we spread the news. Amazing, man. Cool, man. Roman, really. Thank good you stuff. so much, man. Thank you so much for having me, mate. You've been listening to Samcast with me, Sam Eagle, and my special guest, Roman Rapak. I highly recommend you go check out Mirror Shot's new album, Content, on their Spotify page, because it's a brilliant album. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe to Samcast and leave us a rating and review as it really supports the podcast. Special thanks to Roman. I've been Sam Eagle. Thank you so much for listening.